Father in heaven, we thank you for the reading of your word. Today, May 23rd, Lord, give us ear to hear and eyes to see. Open up our hearts and help us, Lord. Mix your word with faith, Lord. Faith believing, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you help us today on a daily basis. You are the master, our master teacher. Teach us today. We invite you in Jesus' name. Amen. Second Samuel, sweetheart, will you start reading, yes. please? Second Samuel 2, verse 12 to 339. Okay. Okay. One day Abner led Ishobeth's troops from Mahanaim to Gibeon. About the same time, Joab's son of Zariah led David's troop out and met them at the pool of Gibeon. The two groups sat down there facing each other from opposite sides of the pool. Then Abner suggested to Joab, Let's have a few of our warriors fight hand-to-hand here in front of us. All right, Joab agreed. So twelve men were chosen to fight from each side. Twelve men of Benjamin representing Ishobeth, son of Saul, and twelve representing David. Each one grabbed his opponent by the hair and thrust his sword into the other side so that all of them died. So this, so this place at Gibeon has been known ever since as Field of Swords. A fierce battle followed that day, and Abner and the men of Israel were defeated by the forces of David. Joab, Abishai, and Ashahel, the three sons of Zariah, were among David's forces that day. Ashahel could not Ashahel could run like a gazelle, and he began chasing Abner. He pursued him relentlessly, not stopping for anything. When Abner looked back and saw him coming, he called out, Is that you, Ashel? Yes, it is, he replied. Go fight someone else, Abner warned. Take on one of, your, of the younger men and strip him of his weapons. But Ashahel kept right on chasing Abner. Again, Abner shouted to him, Get away from here. I don't want to kill you. How I, ev- how I ever face your brother Joab again. Joab again. How could I ever face your brother Joab again? But Ashahel refused to turn back, so Abner thrust the butt end of his spear through Ashahel's stomach, and the spear came out through his back. He stumbled to the ground and died there, and everyone who came by that spot stopped and stood still when they saw Ashahel lying there. When Joab and Abishai found out what had happened, they set out after Abner. The sun was going down as they arrived at the hill of Ammon near Gia. Along the road to the wilderness of Gibeon, Abner's troops from the tribe of Benjamin regrouped there at the top of the hill to take a stand. Abner shouted down to Joab, Must we always be killing each other? Don't you realize that bitterness is only the result? When will you call off your men from chasing their Israelite brothers? Then Joab said, God only knows what would have happened if you hadn't spoken, for we would have chased you all night if necessary. So Joab blew the ram's horn, and his men stopped chasing the troops of Israel. 
All that night, Abner and his men retreated through the Jordan Valley. They crossed the Jordan River, traveling all through the morning. They didn't stop until they arrived at Mahaim. Meanwhile, Joab and his men also returned home. When Joab counted his casualties, he discovered that only 19 men were missing in addition to Ashel, but 360 of Abner's men had been killed, all from the tribe of Benjamin. Joab and his men took Ashel's body to Bethlehem and buried him there in his father's tomb. Then they traveled all night and reached Hebron at daybreak. That was the beginning of a long war between those who were loyal to Saul and those who were loyal to David. As the time passed, David became stronger and stronger while Saul's dynasty became weaker and weaker. These are the sons who were born to David in Hebron. The oldest was Ammonon, whose mother was Ahinoam, Ahinoam from Jezreel. The second was Daniel, whose mother was Abigail, the widow of Nabal from Carmel. The third was Absalom, whose mother was Makah, the daughter of Talmai, king of Jeshur. The fourth was Adonijah, whose mother was Haggith. The fifth was Shephatiah, whose mother was Abital. The sixth was Ithrim, whose mother was Elgah, David's wife. These sons were all born to David in Hebron. As the war between the house of Saul and the house of David went on, Abner became a powerful leader among those loyal to Saul. One day, Ishobeth, Saul's son, accused Abner of sleeping with one of his father's concubines, a woman named Ritzpah, daughter of Ahi. Abner was furious. Am I some Judean dog to be kicked around like this? He shouted. After all, I've done for your father Saul and his family and friends by not handing you over to David? Is this my reward that you find fault with me about this woman? May God strike me, even kill me, if I don't do everything I can do to help David get what the Lord has promised him. I'm going to take Saul's kingdom and give it to David. I will establish the throne of David over Israel as well as Judah, all the way from Dan in the north to Beersheba in the south. Ishobet didn't, didn't dare say another word because he was afraid of what Abner might do. Then Abner sent messengers to David saying, Doesn't the entire land belong to you? Make a solemn pact with me and I will help turn over all of Israel to you. All right, David replied, but I will not negotiate with you unless you bring back my wife, Michal, Saul's daughter, when you come. David then sent this message to Ishbosheth, Saul's son Give me back my wife, Michal, for I bought her with the lives of a hundred Philistines. So Ishobeth took Michal away from her husband. Palti, son of Laish. Palti followed along behind her as far as Barim, weeping as he went. Then Abner told him, go back home. So Palti returned. Meanwhile, Abner had consulted with elders of Israel for some time now. He told them, you have wanted to make David your king. Now is the time for the Lord has said, I have chosen David to save my people in Israel from the hands of the Philistines. 
and from all their enemies. Abner also spoke with the men of Benjamin. Then he went to Hebron to tell David that all the people of Israel and Benjamin had agreed to support him. When Abner and twenty of his men came to Hebron, David entertained them with a great feast. Then Abner said to David, Let me go and call an assembly of all of Israel to support my lord the king. They will make a covenant with you to make you their king. And you will rule over everything your heart desires. So David sent Abner safely on his way. But just as David had sent Abner away in safety, Joab and some of David's troops returned from a raid, bringing much plunder with them. When Joab arrived, he was told that Abner had just been visiting the king and had just been sent away in safety. Joab rushed to the king and demanded, What have you done? What do you mean by letting Abner get away? You know perfectly well that he came to spy on you and to find out everything you're doing. Joab then left David and sent messengers to catch up with Abner asking him to return. They found him at the well of Sirah and brought him back through David. Though David knew nothing about it, when Abner arrived back at Hebron, Joab took him aside at the gateway as to speak with him privately, but then he stabbed Abner in the stomach and killed him in revenge for killing his brother, Ashahel. When David heard about it, he declared, I vow by the Lord and by and my kingdom are forever innocent of this crime against Abner, son of Ner. Joab and his family are the guilty ones. May the family of Joab be cursed in every generation with a man who has open sores or leprosy or who walks on crutches or dies by the sword or begs for food. So Joab and his brother Abishai killed Abner because Abner had killed their brother Ashiel at the battle of Gibeon. Then David said to Joab and all those who were with him, tear your clothes and put on burlap, mourn for Abner. And King David himself walked behind the processions to the grave. They buried Abner in Hebron and the king and all the people wept at the graveside, at his graveside. Then the king sang this funeral song for Abner. Should Abner have died as fools die, your hands were not bound, your feet were not chained. No, you were murdered, the victim of a wicked plot. All the people wept again for Abner. David had refused to eat anything on the day of the funeral, and now everyone begged him to eat. But David had made a vow, saying, May God strike me or even kill me if I eat anything before sundown. This pleased the people very much. In fact, everything the king did pleased them. So everyone in Judah and all of Israel understood that David was not responsible for Abner's murder. Then King David said to his officials, Don't you realize that a great commander has fallen today in Israel? And even though I am the anointed king, these two sons of Zeruiah, Joab and Abishai, are too strong for me to control. So may the Lord repay these evil men for their evil deeds. Amen. I'm Fernando, I'm a Christian. You know, it's really interesting to see how uh, Abner knew, you know, they knew all the prophecies in the Word of God, and they said, you know, he, he would say, 
did God not anoint David as king to rule all over the Israel nation and to protect us from our enemies? Protect, you know, it's kind of like it's amazing how the uh, they 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 take this as law. I don't know if it was given by Samuel, you know, in the prophecies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess because when Samuel anointed him, Samuel had, uh, and and then David had a lot of successful battles. That, that the signs and wonders that God was with him, mm-hmm. and even in take in taking the uh, Judah and being anointed as king there, yeah. when Saul died, and then they, they saw the hand of God. I guess they prophesied that Saul would die, or, or mm-hmm. David always kept saying. They saw David run away from Saul for about 10, 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. And then how God had miraculously gave the kingdom to David. You know, it's just really interesting how they know the word of God very plainly, you know. Mm-hmm. Where, where is it that Abner says, he says that to, to Ishishabit. Right here it says, uh, right here, may God strike me dead if I don't do everything on 9 of 3 verse 9. I can, I, I can, I, if I don't do everything I can to help David get what the Lord has promised him, I'm going to take Saul's kingdom and give it to David. It's, it was established the throne of David of Israel as well as Judah. All the way from Dan in the north to Beersheba in the south. Uh-huh. It says the Lord. Yeah, that He promised him. <laughs> yes, that so was really right. interesting. Yeah, you uh-huh. know that they believed it. For you know that it was uh, God has spoken. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know? So I guess He must have been thought of it for a long time because He knew exactly how He wanted to. Uh, help David take it and uh, I guess it must have happened years past because the death of the brother you know was forgotten mm-hmm. wow. that's what is called civil war mm-hmm. too you know it's it's one of his own that did the killing from his team and you know the common goal that uh, David had and with being is to glorify God you know Glorify God and, and let the uh, Judah come and worship in Jerusalem, in the appointed place, because they they couldn't come on their yearly, you know, walk over on their yearly pilgrimage to do their their four, their, you know, the shelters and the Passover, and, you know, the law was to go to Jerusalem to the temple and worship God there. So apparently the other guys weren't going there, the, the south of Judah. 
for the common goal was to become a mighty nation that will glorify God, help other nations, and let them come and worship God and convert them. Mm -hmm. I think Abner had that, uh, that final deal. Anything else? No, that's about it. Just the killings and how in the beginning, when it's interesting how they said they, um, the 12 representing David and the other 12 representing Team Saul, you know. And it says, each one grabbed his opponent by the hair and thrust his sword into the other side so that all of them died. I that place is known as the Field of Swords. I wonder what happened to the uh, the family of Job, man. They gave him a curse, you know. Mm, oh, yeah. You know, it says later on more about him. We'll find out. But it's interesting how may God, David, how he said, May God strike me dead and even kill me if I eat anything before sundown. Mm -hmm. So he was fasting and, and burlap. It says, this pleased the people very much. In fact, everything the king did, did pleased them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So everyone in Judah and all of Israel understood that David was not responsible for Abner's murder. Yeah. And King David said to his officials, don't you realize that a great commander has fallen down in Israel? Um, it's interesting to see that David is in position to do right, and he does right, and it has great fame. When you give a cup of coffee to somebody or when you, you know, when you do something, mm -hmm. you know, just that motion, it has, it has great fame, a great weight mm -hmm. with yeah. those who, who have their eyes open. Mm -hmm. It's just that, um, it's like, he's, you know, he's a leader, so he's displaying what a true leader is, you know, uh, compassion for the one who died, let's all mourn for him. Let's weep together, you know, and and just not not accepting that this man killed him. That wasn't right, and so he's standing up for that for and just provide, like you said, the curse. So yeah, you know, right? Yeah, that's a good point. Righteousness plays a big yeah. justice and righteousness. Mm -hmm. They act just like uh, the, the the children of a father in heaven, you know. Uh, they're not brutal commanders. Um, they're and, very, uh, very wise. Yeah, and that's what I'm seeing in the the traits of David. It, it's righteousness arises in him, and uh, he he's just a good man. Amen. All right, let me read chapter John, chapter 13, okay. one through 30. Sure. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to, to leave this world and to return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table and took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water in a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, 
You don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested. You will never, ever wash my feet. Jesus replied, Unless I wash your, you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, Then wash my hands and a head as well. <laughs> Lord, I'm not just my feet. Hallelujah. <laughs> Jesus replied, A person who has a bath all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would betray him. That's what he meant when he said, Not all of you are clean. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, Do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to watch each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their masters, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. I am not saying these things to all of you. I know the ones I have chosen, but this fulfills the scripture that says, The one who eats my food has returned turned against me. I tell you this beforehand, so when it happens, you will believe that I am the Messiah. I tell you the truth. Anyone who welcomes my messenger is welcoming me, and anyone who welcomes me is welcoming the Father who sent me. Now Jesus was deeply troubled, and he exclaimed, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at each other, wondering who he could mean. The disciples Jesus loved was sitting next to Jesus at the table. Simon Peter motioned to him to ask, Who is he talking about? So that disciple leaned over to Jesus and asked, who, Lord, who is it? Jesus responded, It is the one to whom I give the bread I dip in the bowl. And when he had dipped it, he gave it to Judas, son of Simon Iscariot. When Judas had eaten the bread, Satan entered him. Then Jesus told him, Hurry and do what you're going to do. None of the, of the others at the table knew what Jesus meant. Since Jews, Judas was the treasurer, sometimes Jesus was telling him to go and pay for the food or to give some money to the poor. So Judas left at once, going out into the night. You know, two points that I see, it's interesting, that I haven't mm -hmm. seen before. Yes. Um, you know, it says right here on 13.2, it was time for supper and the devil has already prompted Jesus to be, Jesus 3 knew that the Father had given him authority over everything. Now, now listen to that, authority over everything, mm -hmm. that he had come from God and will return to God. And I just, number four, where it says, so he got up from the table, okay? Uh-huh. In the basis that he had all authority, right. creator of everything, uh -huh. so he, in other words, he had the opportunity to really impress or make a principle everlasting that will be from the ages to come to all his followers. Having that authority, he got up and he put on a servant's 
uh, one of the you know servants attitude mm -hmm. and then it comes down to here that if you do this if you do this God will bless you mm, yes 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 now that all you know he thinks God will bless you for doing them and it's yeah and God will bless you for so a lot of people have taken this and uh, you get into a you know, I made a lot of a lot of people. You get joy. You know, they had done studies on uh, people that that serve in communities, uh -huh. universities, uh -huh. and they have found out that people that serve, uh -huh. let's say for instance, they they go through a couple hours in the community hospitals uh -huh. or convalescence and so uh -huh. forth. They smile more. Their blood pressure is less. Uh -huh. They enjoy their lives more because God will bless you for doing these things. Uh -huh. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. They serve others. Yeah. Another point I wanted to point out was down here when he said, For you are already clean, okay? All you need is to wash your feet. Mm, yes, yes. And that's because they're sanctified with the Word of God. They already had accepted it, so the Word of God has made them clean. Mm. You know, like us, we're here, we're 90% clean, and we get 10% dirty in the world. Mm. But we can just wash ourselves with yeah. the blood of Jesus and clean, right. clean it up. By the washing of the water of the word, too. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, like you said, we're in this world, we're walking. It's our feet that's kind of the symbol of what gets dirty, right? Yeah. Amen. So that's, you know, emo I had a hard time with that because I had the devil was condemning me. I was trying to do my own righteousness and my own works. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to... Um, I was overly worshiping and edifying and praising instead of saying thank you, help me help somebody, uh -huh. give me the strength to help somebody. Uh -huh. I was spending more time trying to, you know, get more, more revelations, more power instead of and acting on what I believe. He said, "Go, go in the power that you have already," like uh -huh. we told Gideon. Yeah. You know, I spent a lot of years trying to get an anointing to be a giant businessman. Then I figured I can, I can pass on the proceeds to the submissions, but that didn't happen. Well, you know, what you say every day to your people at the AA, mm -hmm. you say, just pray, Lord, help me so I can help others. Mm -hmm. To me, that's what this is saying. Because mm. Jesus is saying, I've given you an example to follow. Do like I've done for you. Do as I've done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Amen. Yeah. I like that. You know, there, here's another important point why we should take communion at least mm -hmm. once a day. Mm -hmm. In verse 27. 1327. Mm -hmm. Would you read it? Yes. Um, 1327. Okay, when Judas had eaten the bread, Satan entered into him. Then Jesus told him, hurry and do what you're going to do. Okay, um, isn't it funny, right after that, Jesus took the bread and gave it and broke. And, and this is my body. So mm -hmm. on the other side of the coin, when Fernanda and Anna had eaten the bread, Jesus came into there, mm -hmm. entered into them. Mm -hmm. So the word enters when we eat the bread. Mm -hmm. It, it constantly enters us and keeps us 
and keeps us yes, clean. Keep on us, the same, protected. When he eat the bread, Satan entered into him. Mm-hmm. So when we eat the bread, Jesus enters into us. Amen. That's right. All That's freshly, right. all over again. Mm, amen. Bread of life. Yeah. So you know, and, and we make the we with our belief. We make the bread come alive and believe it is the body of Jesus, and we take it. We're discerning the Lord's body the way He told Amen. us to, so we're not weak, asleep, you know. And um, uh, I was going to also point out one last thing is just the way John loved, you know, thought Jesus loved him more than anybody else. You know, it says the disciple Jesus loved, even though he this is his gospel. It's it's good for us to know that we are the one Jesus loves. You know, it's it's a good way to practice. You're the beloved. I'm the beloved of Jesus, you know. Today I'm his daughter, you know, the daughter of a king. We got to know, you know, John knew that. John knew that, you know, that he's he's the one that Jesus loved, the disciple, you know, over Peter. That's what he was believing anyway. Okay, let's go a little back. It's interesting to see this commentary, what it says, today's study on John 13. says, mm-hmm. Jesus only did what his father saw his father doing. Mm-hmm. So the father was the one who prompted Jesus. He saw his father mm-hmm. washing the disciples' feet. Mm-hmm. You know, it says, whatever the father does, the son mm-hmm. also does. Right. Mm. So it's interesting that the father loved the disciples that he wanted to wash their feet like a loving father would. I remember I prayed for my son's feet one time because he was swollen. I washed them and I prayed with them with all my heart and they got wow. better. Wow, yeah. Jesus, earlier Jesus said, when you see me, you are seeing the one who sent me. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, John yes, yes. twelve forty five, and the father and I are one, John ten thirty. And later Jesus says, my father who lives in me does his work through me John 14:10 If Jesus truly is the visible image of the invisible God Galatians 1:15 and we see him serving others then it is clear that God is the one who serves Paul calls the Ephesians to imitate God therefore in everything you do because you are his dear children live a life filled with love following the example of Christ Ephesians 5 1 through 2 as God's children, we should do what we've seen Him do. Serving is part of God's nature. To be like God, we must be servants too. Are you willing to follow Christ's example of serving? Whom can you serve today? You know, I think also um, one of the things that um, we always hear Pastor Prince is, the Son of Man came to serve. You know, He came to serve. And, um, you know, so a lot of times, you know, just by the way we've heard different, you know, we grew up or in the the church or whatever church we attended, it's, um, no, you know, being a servant means take, Mm -hmm. you know, take from Jesus what he has. Don't, don't, you know, you hear a lot of people say, oh, well, I, I only have what I need. I don't need, I'm not asking for more than what I need. No, Jesus wants to serve us in a way that we can't even, it'll boggle your mind. Ah, you brought a good point. Mm-hmm. But let's say, for instance, you and I, 
you know, we, 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 uh, we're not ashamed of this. We're, we're believing that the, the money of the transfer of wealth from the yes, the from the world will come to us mm-hmm. at the end so we can use it for the gospel and publish more Bibles and so forth. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's say, for instance, we, we win $100 million in the lottery tickets. Mm-hmm. And we say, well, you know, the success is that if we give money away, they'll be back in a year or two wanting to save mm-hmm. our relatives. And then... And then the statistics are that most likely if we give money to somebody that's already doing service work. Calls, there's phone calls. If someone's always doing service work, uh, they are uh, they're in doing God's work, so we will want to give them more. So our Heavenly Father will answer our prayers in according to our service work. Mm, amen. Because it, it says right here, God will bless you for doing that. You know, so we pray. Mm-hmm. If, if we pray, say, Lord, I need, I need a, a, a resources to keep serving you in, in providing coffee for AA and, and right. donuts or whatever. And cookies for the kids on the hill. Yeah, and, and I need, so you, you're praying for others. And that's what AA says. He goes, it's futile to be praying for yourself. You only pray for yourself only when it would help others. Um so, Heavenly Father, we just pray, Lord God, that you give us ideas on how to serve. Amen. Lord, and Lord, and, and help us to extend ourselves, Lord God, to help James Robinson's, Lord. Yes, Lord. With water more wells, Lord. water. Shoes, even. Lord, with uh, providing for more water wells. Yes, Lord. And Lord, Lord let us help uh, James Robinson establish more of his water wells and help, uh, Lord, more ministries, Lord. Yes, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, and we praise you, Lord, that we can, Lord, and help others, encourage others at the park, encourage others all around us, Lord God, to encourage themselves like King David did, Lord. Lord, we thank you that you put us in this position, Lord. And, Lord, we just ask you for houses and riches and inheritance from fathers and a prudent spouse from the Lord. So we be equipped, Lord, to do your work in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, let me read Psalms 119, 1 through 16. Pray the laws of the Lord will sink deep into your heart. Joyful are people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey His laws and search for Him with all their hearts. They do not compromise with evil and they walk only in His path. You have charged us to keep your commandments carefully. Oh, that my actions will consistently reflect your decrees. Then I will not be ashamed when I compare my life with your commands. As I learn your righteous regulations, I will thank you by living as I should. I will obey your decrees. Please don't give up on me. Verse 9. How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word, I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden from your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. I praise you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. I have recited out loud all the regulations you have given us. I have rejoiced in your laws as much as in riches. I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. I will delight in your decrees and not forget your word. Amen. Proverbs 15, 29 and 30. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. Amen. Or servants. 
A cheerful look brings joy to the heart. Good news makes for good health. A cheerful look brings joy to the heart. Good news makes for good health. Can you give me a cheerful look? Hey, my heart is just joyful, baby. Yeah. You, one, Thank you. one thing about, before we just real quick, a couple things on this Psalm 119, since it's really the Lord, you know, David going over, you know, getting to God's word. It says, uh, as I learn your righteous regulations. Amen. Okay, and I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sit against you. And I will delight in your decrees and not forget your word. Amen. Okay, so this is all about the word and, you know, what it does to the person. You know, um, how can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. Amen. You know, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Amen. You know, I will delight in your decrees and not forget your words. Amen. So we can't for, it's, you don't forget the word. What does the word say about your situation? That in, in Psalm one nineteen over about the word. Amen. Good copy. Mm-hmm. I have hidden the word in my heart. I have memorized it that I may not yeah. sin against you. Right. We gotta hide the word in our heart. Amen. So you we know? should we should do one every week. A promise of uh, taking away from the evil and putting it to good use. Yeah. Amen. We can use, so we really got to think about it, how more we can serve and, and, you know, go to the convalescence or anything we can do to be in a position to proclaim the Word of God to others. Amen. Amen. Day 23, our Father who art in heaven, Lord, we thank you for your presence. We ask you to give us ears to hear as we record Proverbs 23rd. Psalm 23, 53, 83, 113, I believe, and then 143. Thank you. Okay, we're going to start with Proverbs 23. Verse 1, when you sit down to eat with a ruler, consider carefully what is before you, and put a knife to your throat if you're a man given to appetite. Do not desire his delicacies, for they are deceptive food. Do not overwork to be rich, because your own understanding cease. Will you set your eyes on which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away like an eagle toward heaven. Don't eat the bread of, of a miser, nor desire his delicacies. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. The more so you have eaten, you will vomit up and waste your pleasant words. Do not speak in the hearing of a fool, for he will despise the wisdom of your words. Do not remove the ancient landmark, nor enter the fields of the fatherless. For their Redeemer is mighty, he will plead their cause against you. Apply your heart to instruction and your ears to the words of knowledge. Do not withhold correction from a child, for if you beat him with a rod, he will not die. 
you shall beat him with a rod and deliver his soul from hell. My son, if your heart is wise, my heart will rejoice. Indeed, I myself, yes, my inmost being will rejoice when your lips speak right things. Do not let your heart envy sinners, but be zealous for the fear of the Lord all day. For surely there is a hereafter, and your hope will not be cut off. Hear, my son, and be wise, and guide your heart in the way. Do not mix with wine-bibbers, or with gluttonous eaters of meat. For the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty, and drowsiness will clothe a man with rags. Listen to your father who begot you, and do not despise your mother when she's old. Buy the truth and do not sell it. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice, and he who begets a wise child will delight in him. Let your father and your mother be glad, and let her who bore you rejoice. My son, give me your heart, and let your eyes observe my ways. For a harlot is a deep pit, and a seductress is a narrow well. She also lies in wait as for a victim, and increase the unfaithful among men. Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has contentions? Who has complaints? Who has wounds without cause? And who has redness of eyes? Those who linger long at the wine, those who go in search of mixed wine, do not look at the wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it swirls around smoothly. At the last, it bites like a serpent and stings like a viper. Your eyes will see strange things and your heart will utter perverse things. Yes, you will be like the one who lies down in the midst of the sea, or like the one who lies at the top of the mast, saying, They have struck me, but I was not hurt. They have beaten me, but I did not feel it. When shall I wake that I may seek another drink? Amen. Okay, now I'm going to read. I'm just going to move on and go to the Psalms because of time. Psalms 23. A Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. 53. Now verse 1. Psalm 53 verse 1. This is the... Um, New King James Version, by the way. Verse 1. The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable iniquity. There is none who does good. God looks down from heaven and 
upon the children of man to see if there are any who understand who seek God. Every one of them has turned aside. They have together become corrupt. There is none who does good. No, not one. Have the workers of iniquity no knowledge who eat up my people as they eat bread and do not call upon God? There they are in great fear where no fear was. For God has scattered the bones of him who encamps against you. You have put them to shame because God has despised them. Oh, that the salvation of Israel will come out of Zion when God brings back the captivity of his people. Let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. Amen. Amen. Psalm 83. A song of Azab. A prayer to frustrate conspiracy against Israel. Verse 1. Do not keep silent, O God. Do not hold your peace. And do not be still, O God. For behold, your enemies make a tumult and those who hate you have lifted up their head. They have taken crafty counsel against your people and consulted together against your shelter. They have said, Come, let us cut off them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be remembered no more. For they have consulted together with one consent. They form a confederacy against you. The tents of Edom and the Ishmaelites, Moab and the Hagrites, Giva, Ammon, and Amalek, Philistia, and the inhabitants of Tyre, Assyria also has joined with them. They have helped the children of Lot. They deal with them as with Medium, as with Sisera, as with Javan at the brook of Kishon, who perished at Endor, who became as refuge on the earth. Make their nobles like Oreb and like Zeb. Yes, all their princes like Ziba and Salmuna, who said, Let us take for ourselves the pastures of God for a possession. Oh my God, make them like the whirling dust, like the shaft before the wind. As the fire burns the woods, as, and as the flames set the mountains on fire, so pursue them with your tempest, and frighten them with your storm, for their face which fill their faces with shame that they may seek your name O Lord let, that they may seek your name O Lord let them be confounded and dismayed forever yes let them be put to shame and perish that they may know that you whose name alone is the Lord are the most high over all the earth Amen 3 103 113 Psalm 113, the majesty and condensation of God. Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to its going down, the Lord's name is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations, his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, who dwells on high, who humbles himself to behold the things that are in the heavens and in the earth? He raises the poor out of the dust 
and lift the needy out of the ash heap, that he may seat him with princes, with the princes of his people. He grants the barren woman a home like a joyful mother of children. Praise the Lord. Okay, Psalm 143. An earnest appeal for guidance and deliverance. A Psalm of David. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplications. In your faithfulness, answer me. And in your righteousness. Do not enter into judgment with your servant. For in your sight no one living is righteous. For the enemy has persecuted my soul. And he has crushed my life to the ground. He has made me dwell in darkness. Like those who have long been dead. Therefore my spirit is overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is distressed. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all your works. I muse on the works of your hands. I spread out my hands to you. My soul longs for you like a thirsty land. Answer me speedily, O Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, lest I be like those who go down into the pit. Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning, for in you do I trust. Cause me to know the way in which I should walk, for I lift up my soul to you. Deliver me, O Lord, from my enemies. In you I take shelter. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. Revive me, O Lord, for your name's sake. For your righteousness' sake, bring my soul out of trouble. In your mercy, cut off my enemies and destroy all those who afflict my soul. For I am your servant. Amen. Amen.